Welcome back to the Women's Cycling Weekly Podcast. It's been a while. It's been a couple of weeks. Tilda, how are you doing? Not me pretending like we haven't spoken since the last podcast. <laughs> yeah, fill me in on your last two weeks. We already don't speak outside of this. We're not very close. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm not good, like thank been... you. Though. How are You're you? You're good. Okay. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm, I'm a bit tired, but that's all right. We're gonna we're gonna battle through. Hopefully, it doesn't show. We're profesh like that. But yeah, she's a worn out woman today. Anyway, uh, this week we're going to talk all things Flanders and the races that we've had three Flanders last couple of weeks. But before we get into that, here are the top stories from the week of women's cycling. This week in women's cycling, the week of women's cycling. It's not been a whole week of women's cycling. Here's some news anyway, um, which we include race results in because we can just skim through those now just to bulk it up because really hasn't been that much to report even from two weeks worth no I feel like oddly once the racing starts there isn't so much news and there's no I don't know everyone's just got their head down racing haven't they true very true and outside of that I suppose the biggest bit of news is that ZAF is under investigation from the UCI for Potentially, or are we sure about this? They're not paying their riders. Um, basically, the big budget that was promised doesn't seem to exist or hasn't quite materialised. Um, so, yeah, the UCI are investigating the team and the Spanish Federation have said that they could be forced to use the bank guarantee that the UCI demands that all teams uh, cough up front Um if the riders aren't paid so that's just kind of a safety net to make sure that the riders do get paid so that's quite unfortunate for all of those riders that got picked up by that team after the whole debacle with B&B hotels it's kind of gone from bad to worse for them which is a real shame but hopefully it gets resolved hopefully they can keep racing uh outside of that yeah like Tilda said everything else just comes from racing so Five for Georgie won Bruges in France. But it's Bruges, no. Bruges. Okay, in, fuck me. In, uh, I'm just going to say Depano. So, <laughs> you got to keep that in. <laughs> <laughs> so, Five for Georgie won Depano in a kind of, well, we'll, we'll perhaps dissect this later but it was some really good teamwork from team dsm who seemed to be thriving really in their post lorena weaver's era next we had gent wevelgum which was another solo win from marlon russa of sd works who is hilarious we love her uh and then we had yet another solo sd works win at dwarsdor vlanderen on wednesday with demi volerin so that's the results and Gent Wevelgem was also a bit of a, well, it was chaotic to say the very least. It was pretty nuts. The weather was terrible, crashes left, right, and centre, nutty tactics. But anyway, as a result of one of the bigger crashes in that race, kind of a big name who's out of the picture for the next couple of races is Brady Chapman from Trek Segafredo. 
she fractured her sacrum and sustained a concussion in that race so best wishes to Brody. hope she recovers soon and it's going to be a real shame to not see her in the next couple of races especially after the way she rode in flanders last year um so yeah that's the news that's it i feel like i've missed something but to be honest i had a multiple looks on all the news sources and that was it so i think we should maybe i was just we should appreciate the quietness there were times where there was just some new story every day you know but yeah <laughs> no true which means yeah like you say we can just focus on the races so that's what we shall do shall we get stuck in to the last couple of weeks of racing we actually didn't cover binder on this podcast but now it was so long ago and so much has happened since then and we're kind of we've moved on to the cobble classics which it doesn't really fit with so I think yeah there's been plenty said and done and analyzed and talked about and gone over with Binder by others and in writing by us too so we're just going to skip over that uh, and go straight to Depana. what happened in Depana? that also feels like ages ago by now it was last Wednesday Thursday last, last Thursday. Thursday just one week yeah so um, Japan was a was a weird one wasn't it it started off um wasn't a lot going on in the first stages of that uh with this really big crosswind section I think there was a lot of like just trying to keep it together for that because everyone knew that it would split up then. Uh, there were a couple of solo attacks during the first part of the day, but pretty much the the crosswinds made that race and it was quite a long way out, wasn't it? Like 40k that the group went in the end. Um, group of seven riders, yeah, including sorry, including Vibus and Balsamo, but neither of them had any teammates, so it was it was kind of an odd situation in that. Depana is a, usually seen as a sprinter's race. I think all but one editions of it have ended in a sprint so far, not including this one. Um, so 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 those two would have been the favourites, but you that's not how you would have expected it to come down to. I think we were expecting a much bigger group, but they wanted to make it hard on the on on the crosswinds and and those two riders are such good riders that they were right there. Um, but they didn't get to battle out for the win because. DSM and Canyon Sram both had. Is it was it Canyon Sram? Yeah, Canyon had two. But yeah, but, yeah. So both of those teams had two uh, riders in the break, and they weren't going to beat Narena or Elisa in a sprint. So it was kind of up to them to attack, and that's exactly what what DSM did. And mm-hmm. yeah, I thought it was a pretty one of the more exciting Cobble Classics, probably. Um. Also, it was. Phoenix de Koenig had two riders and one thing that I have forgotten to mention when I talk about injuries in the news at the top is that there was a unfortunate touch of wheels by Alice Barnes into Julie de Vilda from Phoenix de Koenig and they crashed both of them crashed together both of them seemed to land quite heavily on their like head and shoulder region Alice Barnes was um out with a broken wrist I think it is or a broken arm and some really bad facial swelling wounds. Go check out her Instagram unless you're really squeamish, in which case don't. Um, and Julie DeVille has got a broken scapula, I think it is, like shoulder. 
I'm not a doctor anyway, but they're both out because of that. Um, but yeah, I think DSM are the only team so far in this race to have cracked the whole kind of what do we do when Weavers is in the group, which you wrote about the other day. Sorry. I yeah, it, it's it's kind of a big question. And when the group is a big group, it's pretty hard because even if you do attack the group, I mean, we saw it, let's go back to Ronda Van Drenta, a lot of teams were attacking the group when Weavers was there. But DSM, sorry, SD Works was just shutting it down every time. So you kind of have to take advantage of the situation when SD Works don't have the uh, resources to shut it down like they did then. Because you can attack Weavers. She's not she's not a rider who can shut down every move by herself. You know, she's not like Anamik van Royten in that kind of way that if you attack, she'll just attack you back. But it's hard to attack SD Works as a whole. So yeah, it's kind of affected the tactics all race. But that was kind of an interesting situation because there was really nothing else that DSM could do. Like there was no point waiting for a sprint because at the very best you'd get third. And even then you're not really sure of that. And when there's only seven of you, if you're going to get third or you're going to get seventh, there's not a huge difference there. So they just, they just had to go for it. And, you know, I don't know if they would have done that if the group had been bigger going into the finale, maybe they would have, maybe they wouldn't have. Um, But it was kind of good to see them, kind of backed into a corner where attacking was really all they could do um and for them it 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 worked out because I think what we're learning is that whilst whilst riders like Elisa Balsamo and Lorena Vivas are super super strong and you don't really want to take them to the line they can be isolated and they don't they don't spend all that much time shutting things down themselves or looking after themselves. So if you can get them without any teammates, then suddenly they really are on the back foot. Um, so I guess that's kind of what you have to do if you want to beat Lorena Vivius, which is a harder harder task than it sounds. But yeah, I think it's probably maybe give some confidence to some other teams to understand how you can um, shut down SD Works and Vibus because it clearly is possible. Yeah, like, I think, like you said, though, it's a lot easier said than done by the teams there, because I think with um, the Panna, too, like, I mean, not to jump ahead to to Flanders already, but they've gonna, they're going to have, like, a much stronger lineup for that race, and so isolating anyone from SD Works at the moment is actually a pretty impossible task for the rest of the teams. Um, and I think, I won't say they got lucky, because they didn't, it was actually also, yeah, that combination of Pfeiffer Georgie and Megan Jastrub, like, in, so, so good. Like, shout out to Megan Jastrub for the way that she just came around the corner onto Demuran and just completely destroyed everybody behind, Um, which at the end of the race, she came across the line and she was like, I did an echelon. Like, she was so stoked about it because I think something happened last year in that race or she was talking about she couldn't she I think she got caught out or something like that but she was just really happy to have been able to force that split uh and I think the others got caught off guard which is obviously what they wanted to happen um but yeah the way to do it is to catch them off guard it's just that they're so good and they're so strong in their numbers that I think at a bigger race it would be a lot harder to do yeah, and you know, maybe that's a good point to move on to Gemwevelgem, where 
they just sometimes they just seem unbeatable don't they like and I, I, I think feel like I've said sorry go on I think I think sometimes teams just resign themselves to SD works a little bit so yeah get web again Marlon Rosa it wasn't even an attack was it she just got on the front she said and, that herself and yeah. whoever was on the wheel let the wheel go and suddenly she was gone and suddenly she's two and a half minutes up the road I, don't I, think, even... I feel like I've said everything that I need to say about getting with them, <laughs> but it, it caused me so much grief. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it wasn't. I just... Yeah, it it was one of the more frustrating. And there's nothing against a rider like Marlon Russo or even the team as he works, because they are super strong. But I would just, <laughs> why do the teams not have a belief that they can chase someone down? It's like I understand letting some random rider go, but it's not a random rider. It's Marlon Rosa, who's obviously. You don't let Marlon Rosa go off the front on her own, under any circumstance. Like everyone knows that now about certain other riders. Like it, you know, it's not like when Grace Brown did it for the first time ever, and everyone was like, "Oh wow, mm-hmm. she can do that." Like no, she's Marlon Rosa. Like everyone knows how well she can time trial. She's done this sort of thing before. Like you're telling me that nobody had the legs to go with her or to close that down well this is the thing it. that came up after didn't it um Shirin Van Anroy appeared on another podcast and say and said that she felt like she could have followed Rosa but was told by Elisa Balsamo to stay in that group with her which is kind of uh not usually the tactics we expect from Trek they're usually a bit no. more fluid about these things but they were a bit stuck on Balsamo it seems interesting I reckon Baltimore was a bit salty about Binder. Well, maybe, maybe. I mean, Elisa Baltimore hasn't taken a one-day win this year. After last year, she took mm. Binder, Dupana, and Genwevgem in a row. She doesn't have one yet. So I think it's hard to say because she's not that kind of rider who's, like, disappointed and always desperate for the next thing. But there must be something in the back of your head that's thinking, but I, I do really want to do this, yeah. Yeah. But I think that also, like, not to single out them in particular, like just as an example of kind of a ride, riders within a team, sort of that sort of order coming from within the team. It's just the, the way that races have been raced at the minute for me is indicative of the way that women's cycling has been for the last however long, where it it's almost going back to not being so much of a team sport anymore. And, and like people just almost like riding not for themselves entirely, but just not employing like teamwork really at all to chase. Because to jump back to to Dwarz or Flanderin from yesterday, as an example, when Demi Vollerin went, or when any you have any group in front or like one rider in front and you've got teams behind with multiple options, instead of just one two attacking each other why why are we not seeing a concerted effort to chase like a a proper organized like consistent chase that's how you get that's how you pull somebody back you don't pull somebody back by every every tom dick and harry trying to bridge like and then as soon as some attack gets brought back everyone just sits up and then the gap extends like that's what i'm seeing yeah, and I I think the thing is is that you don't you don't want to sit here and be like the second group should always be able to a, a, 
uh, catch the attacker because you know riders like Marlon Ruta and Demi Vollering are super strong and they don't have to always be able to attack them. But I would just like to see a bit of a better effort and some actual rotation on the front and some teams lining out and you just you just don't see it. And I just don't I don't know why. Like is this not something that teams train for in training? You know, do we need to send all the teams on a little training camp together so they can practice cooperating and chasing people? Yeah. Like, if, you know, if they were working their hardest and it was organised and the rotation was coming through and off, like you see in the men's peloton, not to be making comparisons all the time, but you can imagine it now if you've ever watched the stage of the Tour de France, you can imagine that cycling round. I don't mean cycling, I mean... The through and off thing. yeah. If we saw that and they still weren't able to catch the leader, then it's fine. Because it's like, you know, they're a really strong rider and they were trying their best, but sometimes you can't close the gap. But we don't we don't even really see that. Just no organization. Yeah. And this and bridging like, and attacking has never really worked. So why do we no. keep thinking it's gonna work? No, exactly. Exactly. And I think like when you're watching it from just like a casual you're like watching the race, like it makes it seem super exciting because you're like, wow, like all this action, but we're watching it from like a tactical standpoint it's just frustrating because you just know that that's not how and like you say you don't always want them to make the catch like that would be also really boring mm. to watch like and part of what makes it exciting is the kind of will they won't they catch them when you've got somebody out front but that obviously evaporates when that person's got a two minute advantage like Rosa did at Gentwell like you just think all right then like what was the point like the group behind have all resigned themselves and then this again we'll have a game as well towards the end you get this group that goes off there were like what five or I don't know mm. a handful of riders and they all from from the Flamme Rouge like slow down and look at each other and then get caught by the peloton yeah, that was <laughs> that was just so frustrating what and I, I think Gent Wevelgem was the most obvious example of it because it was the way that Wolf Assars, the, the gap went up hugely. But you could see just how slow they were going in the group because they were constantly um, being rejoined by dropped riders, which mm-hmm. just should not happen if you're chasing. No. Your speed should not be low enough that dropped riders are being able to get back on. Like, And as you say, like it does make it seem more exciting when you're seeing riders like Cassian Uvedoma and Elisa Longoborghini try and attack off the front of a group. But it's actually not exciting if by doing that you know that that means the rider up the road is going to win. It'd be more yeah. exciting the will they won't they if they were in a really boring line just hammering it. Just I don't know. I think I think action and attacking does not equal an exciting race necessarily. If it's if it's as you say if if it doesn't tactically make any sense. If by attacking you're basically ensuring the lone rider the win then that isn't exciting exactly and the second like I said before like the second that happens or starts to happen you lose all cohesion within the group because well no you're not going to start working together now because someone might just launch an attack at any moment and then what happens is when somebody launches an attack an attack it gets closed down and the rest of the riders just sit and look at it sit up and look at each other meanwhile whoever's out front gets an even bigger gap like and yes you can say you know for example at, at Duars there were SD Works riders closing that down there was Marlon Rosa there was there was a few you can't just say like oh well but I feel like this is maybe the mentality of some of the riders is like oh well there's 
other there's teammates of that person in this group that are just going to disrupt the chase anyway so why even bother and it's just so defeatist like especially when you've got teams with multiple you've got other teams with multiple riders in the same group as well I yeah, just don't get it and it's like what we talk about with the negative racing like sometimes they just seem like they're more keen on making sure someone else doesn't win than giving themselves a chance to win like because yeah you know if you did bring back demi bothering you may be giving a chance to some other riders to win but you're also giving yourself a chance to win because if you don't bring it back yes no one else has a chance to win and neither do you so exactly what have you actually got out of that nothing exactly yeah <sighs> and i yeah i just think it's it's really really frustrating to watch and like i mean kopecky herself even said after getting with again i don't understand what the other teams are doing i don't understand what the directors are saying to them like if I was them, I'd be telling them to attack or chase immediately. And it's true. Like, what is everybody, you know, where is the, where's the cohesion, basically? Where's the, any sense of just anything but chaos, basically? Because that's all it is, is like, when you have these small groups chasing and they're just attacking each other, it's just chaotic and it's just disorganized and just, why? <laughs> We can criticise the way that SD works race sometimes in that it's it, it can seem a little bit random and they're not they don't usually just stick to one plan. They they will employ the different options they have. But it's obvious that that is actually what works and that racing conservatively doesn't work. And it's like, you know, to to take go back to this Trek example with Shirin, it's like, yeah, you can go into the race hoping to keep it together for a sprint with Elisa Balsamo. But if, if a solo attack goes you you shouldn't not go with that because you want to stick to your original plan. You need to be able to change your mind, basically. And that's what SD Works do, because they've gone into a lot of these races with Lorena Vibas. She hasn't won that many of them. But because if you have Kopecky or Rosa or Wallering ready to go, why would you just rely on on Vibas? Like, it's good if she is there, but if you can win solo, then you can do that too. Whereas some other teams are like, we have one plan and one rider and that's it. Yeah. I mean, to be fair to Shrek, I guess, I think that's what they went into Binder with and ended up winning with Shireen. Um, mm. But yeah, if that was the case at Gernwavagum, then yeah, you have to be able to adapt in the, especially in the classics. There's so many variables. There's so many ways the race can go wrong for your leader and you, you have to have people are capable of picking up the mantle when that happens and yeah controlling I don't know it sounds bad sometimes to be so critical but I think all that we want is to see the best riders go head to head and I feel like that's what we miss out on when we have these solo moves because it's it's not it's not like you know a battle of legs and performance it's one rider riding a really strong race up front but, you know, by the time they get under the flying rigs, you know they're going to win because they've got the gap while they haven't. And it's not like you're not like directly racing against the group behind. They're having their own issue and it's nothing to do with the rider up the road. Like in Flanders, I was watching Flanders, the highlights from last year, this morning, and that sprint with Van Vleuten and Kopecky. And it's like, that's what I want to see. We just haven't seen that really in these classics. I would say Japan, I was the closest I got. we got to like proper just head-to-head racing but when a rider goes solo and then the second group just fails to chase properly that's 
not as an interesting form of racing of racing for me. No, and I think that's complete, completely fair to say. And I think when you watch a race and you come away feeling frustrated like that, and I don't, I think objectively anybody would have the same response. I think anyone's watching these races thinking like, oh well, at least it was a good race and we got this, and like everyone's thinking like, what on earth was everyone up to? Like, and I, I don't really, I mean, perhaps this is a tangent, but I think we should be able to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, in women's cycling like I, I don't think anymore wow that was some universal language <laughs> I don't think we have this uh, you know I think now that the sport is more professional then we need to view these people as professionals and if they're not doing the, the job that they're they're being paid for then it's okay to point that out and it's our job to point that out um, you know, you can't say, oh, well, it's okay because they're trying their best with very little resources because it's not true. No, and, and it's almost like part of it is like we know now that they can do better than that. They, yeah, th- these are really high performance, really well organized teams that spend a lot of time thinking and talking about tactics and training and, and training as a team and practicing things like that. We know you can put it together to chase properly. So why aren't you doing that? Yeah, that's the thing. And like, we, we're only, like you said before, like we are saying this from the, the angle of like, we know how good these riders are and we want to be able to see them fulfill that. And we want to see what we come to these races to see, which is the best riders in the world racing against each other, not just letting somebody fuck off up the road. Yeah. And we just want the best form other. of entertainment, don't we? Like, like Elisa Balsberg, we've never we haven't seen her contesting for a win this spring at all. I want to see yeah. the former world champion, the current Italian champion, going at it. You know, that's all that we want, really. And I, I think a solo win is like a performance. It's a great performance in itself, and it was massive for Marlon Rosa. But like, there are more exciting ways that a race can pan out. It's kind of it's almost. SD Works are just doing the team version of what we we got so kind of disillusioned or kind of bored of with when Anamique was just riding off the front of every single race and dominating everything. But at least with that, we could say, well, the fact of it is, we, and we've said multiple times, like, it's not her fault that she's just better at that than others. In this case, can we say that about SD Works? Maybe I guess they haven't. They have got quite a stacked team, but there's other teams with like yeah. who have got equally talented riders on their rosters who are capable. Well, that's the thing is that none of these moves that have gone, you've thought, oh, that rider only went because they were the only rider that was able in that moment to go. Whereas when Anna Mink drops everyone on a really big climb, you're like, okay, well, no one can follow her, but someone could have followed Marlon Roos's move. Someone could have followed Demi's move, like. I don't think it is that those riders are just physically so much stronger in the way that Anamique possibly is. So, yeah, it's the only good thing is that at least we've seen different SD Works riders win. That's good, hey. This is true. We've seen and actually, I don't have anything against SD Works in this situation. It's I would say it was the other. It's the way the other teams race because I love the way SD Works race. To be honest, always mm-hmm. attacking, always doing something different. Yeah, I really like that. It's the way that other teams respond that I don't like. Yeah, no, absolutely. 
what if you what are your devil's advocate ideas tilda's put in the doc that she's got some devil's advocate ideas well this is my this is my point about like is it unfair to just always expect the group to catch them maybe it's okay Um, which it is okay but also my feeling is that I, I want the catch to not be made because the rider out front is so good, not because yes. the riders behind were just being stupid. That was rude. I, but I would say I mean. that's a pretty universal thing. You'd hope so. Well. Maybe yeah. not in the battle song. No. But, well, let's move on to Flanders, shall we? Because maybe we, maybe we see a bit more of this. Hopefully we don't, though. Um, we talked a bit about Flanders and our, what we think is going to happen slash want to see. Don't really know what we went for in the end as to like the theme, but we just did a little little listicle in the um, the additional content, which is for our paid subscribers yesterday. But yeah, just a summary. We are not, I repeat, not going through the entire course and giving you some sort of preview of the race because... Honestly, I don't know how people keep on top of all the different cobble sectors, climbs, everything okay. that exists in Flanders. I, I read it I, out today. No. I struggle to understand the, the course of a normal race. This one that goes in like 17 loops. I just don't get it. I just watch and observe. I don't know. I never know what's coming up. <laughs> I feel like if you know the key bits, like you know the Kloppenberg, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, you don't need to know the, like the Tyenberg, like you don't you need to know the names of you just need to know that whole section that goes from like 120 k's to it's like 10 k's where it's just like cobble sector climb cobble sector cobble climb and then like the obvious like oh the quaramont paterberg finish that's the that's like the key bit isn't it you don't need to know anything else yeah 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 even the koppenberg like everyone made remember last year it was such a big deal that it was getting added to the race but in the end there was a breakaway at mm. that point and it didn't really do much in the race that I recall no I I feel like the finale is always the most important part anyway like it, it's very rare that the definitive move is gone before then I mean maybe the move has but if there's more than one person in it there's still gonna be action so yeah for sure. So, yeah, I guess the only thing that we can't believe we're actually saying this, can't believe this is actually what's on our minds now is, will Anamique save us from this cycle of <laughs> of SD works just completely dominating everything, every what, single race? What universe are we in now? Gosh. <laughs> yeah, I know. Pinch yourself. Check. What, what do you think? I yeah my thoughts on this actually is that I think one just off on from the top I think it would be actually really great to see her win this race in her last year as a pro and make history doing it as well because she would be the third woman no sorry she would be the only woman to win three editions of the race um not that men have done it more than that have they or we don't care about that just she would be should make history I think we saw some really good well we saw Florchie McKay and Leona Lippert looking really strong on Wednesday at the Wasdorf London uh Anna Meek obviously wasn't racing 
But I think with the backup of them, who are obviously new this year, and Olenis Sierra, who's historically gone pretty well in this race, I think she was fifth last year. Mm. Um, Fourth, actually, I think. Was she? Mm. Yeah. So I think she's got a really good team around her, which actually, for once, she needs in this race because to go up against SD which you do need the to play the numbers game that they play so I think if we see her surrounded by those riders who and they can get their shit together and you know go toe-to-toe with SD works I think she's got a good chance I think Movistar actually probably one of the Movistar and Trek are probably the only teams that can do that I think Am I missing someone else? I don't know. I think in terms of numbers, in terms of having a favourite, for me, it's it's Trek, Movistar and, and SD Works. Yeah, I would agree. I, th- I think my kind of um, automatic feeling towards the question, can Anamique win, is like, no, because I feel like she's not that type of rider anymore. But then I think actually when you throw in the team... Mobistar is not the kind of team it used to be in a good way. And so maybe what she, what she might have lost in some explosivity and she can't dominate all by herself, she's gained in the in the team setup that is around her now. So so maybe you don't have to be the best like solo rider ever because actually if you have some real team support, which she hasn't really had a lot of in these kind of races previously, then it kind of balances out to mm-hmm. the chance of still being pretty good. But my, I don't know, my feeling from the races that she has done this year, it's just like Strada Bianchi, like she was just missing a little something there. Yeah. And I know she's been training in Tenerife, so maybe she's found out something. But she, it's, I think it, it's good though that we're not going in and being like, yeah, obviously she'll just run away with it. Even if she does, it wasn't as if that was a predetermined mm-hmm. outcome for weeks before. Yeah. But as you were saying as well, though, I think you would hope at least, well, she probably is, she's Anamich, I'm sure she's gone away and she's got that missing piece of her form that she was lacking in Strada Bianchi. But with Liana Lipper and Fletcher Mackay and Olena Sierra, they also have, like Trek, the possibility of playing multiple cards. And I think if Anamich isn't on form on the day those riders should be she can work for them and they should be able to also take up that role potentially to go up against SD Works. Um within SD Works as well, there's quite an interesting dynamic going on because obviously Los Capecchi's going in as defending champion. And then you've got Demi Vollerin who's clearly on some decent form. She won Dwarves Double Underin. Um and then I think Weavers is not a factor, really. Like, yes, she's been trying to focus on climbing, but she's just not... I don't think she'll be there. Mm. Um, I think it should be all about Kopecky. The way she went up the Mur in um, Omloop was proof that she can do this sort of race. I mean, clearly we know she can because she won it last year, but I'm saying this year on the form she's on... She's got that, perhaps even more so than last year. Um, and I think I don't I, know. I, are they gonna? Yeah, it's like, I, are you gonna bet on Demi? I wouldn't if it was between Lotta, Kapeki, and Demi Wallerang. I 
go lots of kopeki every day mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like and for a lot of different scenarios too whether it's a solo move or like as part of a smaller group i'm always picking lots of for that i think there are not many scenarios in which i would back volering which i know <laughs> sounds very harsh now <laughs> but like i don't know she's just yeah. a slightly different type of rider yeah, and I think actually as well, like in just in terms of the team dynamics, like within the team, she's their GC leader. She's the one that's going for the Tour de France Femme. Yes, of course, she can get up for these races. She can also get up for the Ardennes Classics, which I think would be more her bag. So really, they should be focusing on Kopecky for these races and waiting. Demi can wait for her kind of time to shine. But let's not forget how Strada Bianca ended. <laughs> well yeah yeah i pray that we don't have some sort of repeat of that that i mean it'd be interesting i mean sd works had two riders in the final group last yeah didn't they the founders which worked out fine because chantal is a selfless angel yes although she has won some pretty big races herself but she just buys the time for those things there's no Yeah. yeah you don't get the sense that she's got this like ego about that stuff no, no. Whereas I, th- I think I feel like for both Lotta and Demi, there's kind of a maybe it's because they're a bit younger as well. Like they want to win everything if they can, which is obviously fine. But well, I think it's what makes them as good as they are too. Yeah, yeah. And they are leaders, and you've also got to think about what they've got coming up though. Like, does Lotta want to save anything for Roubaix? Does De- is Demi thinking already about Amstel and stuff like that? Because she's she won't be targeting Roubaix. I don't assume in that in that way. So she's got a bit of a bigger gap. Maybe she can empty herself a little bit more at Flanders than Quebec might. I don't, I don't really know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Is that, I feel like, is that really a factor? I suppose it would be, but I feel like with a week in between, mm. you know, you've got time to kind of recover. If you're good enough, if you if you are one of the top riders, you, you can kind of get back to, you yeah. can restore that form throughout yeah. the week, I guess. Um, I'm not even going to go the thing is is that we talk about this potential for that to cause you know like for other teams to take advantage of it but how many times do we have this conversation about the Dutch squad at Worlds has got so many mm-hmm. favourites mm-hmm. like oh maybe like let's create some potential peril out of that and it just never happens apart from no. Olympic yeah you can't I feel like the conversation around like oh well Will it be a problem that they've got all these great riders? No, I don't think so. No. Can we talk about my my actual pick? Who I actually think is going to win? Ah, yeah, Tilda's here with a prediction, a very detailed d- prediction. Quite I mean, left this field. Is, this is the problem: is that because I don't know the course, I couldn't possibly say when she's going to make this move. Maybe on the Pathberg. I think at least Longo Borghini is going to win. Woo! We you know. I think. Elisa Balsamo would have to go really, really, really well to win this race. I think she can one day. I don't know if she's quite there at the moment. Elisa Longoborghini, fresh back from racing. She was going mad mode at Doise <laughs> Like when she kept getting dropped and then jo- joining the group again and immediately trying to get on the front. Like She was clearly really motivated. She'd won Flanders before. She would have, you know, There'll be a bit of fire in her belly after having missed out so many classics this year. Yeah, I could see her just launching an attack and it, and it, and it paying off. To be honest, and I could also see her winning a sprint from a smaller group. So I think Ooh. she has some different 
opportunities to win. And I think, like, why not? Like, may as well go for it. And she seemed pretty fresh. Um, and she and she won't have been caught up in all the like confusion of tactics and what's going on and all of this and what's happened in all the other races. And I think maybe actually coming coming in as a little bit of an outsider and observer is maybe a good thing because you're not stuck in this routine of what everyone's been doing for the rest of the races. You're just like here to race how you meant to race. So, mm-hmm. and I actually don't think that Elisa is that inc- that way inclined anyway when it comes to these tactics. Like no. you could see from Doise that she was probably one of the only riders in that group who was just sitting on the front and trying to pull following back she actually wasn't getting particularly involved in all this like random attacking so um yeah and I think Trek also like they've got the numbers they've got the tactical brains in the car with Ina I think yeah why not like I'm actually surprised like pleasantly surprised at how well she's come back into the into racing after pretty like gnarly bout of COVID it seemed she had so you can't really mess with a motivated Elisa I agree but one person we haven't mentioned who like this is perhaps like a complete pipe dream here but I would love to see Myrna Voss was looking really good yesterday Ooh, ooh. and imagine a Myrna Voss Flanders win my issue with Mariana Voss sometimes is that I just don't see the situation in which she wins we don't mm-hmm. see her attack and go solo very much. Obviously, she did that at the top. She did it yesterday and then Ruth's yeah, bridge. Yeah. She can out sprint a group, but it has to be the right group. Like, she can't win a big bunch sprint. Well, she did it at Scandinavia, but then no one was there. <laughs> so I just find it hard to like imagine a scenario in which she wins. When but was her last road? She win? has very good. She's on form, and also Yamba Visma, I think, have been really good uh, mm-hmm. all spring. Obviously, haven't taken a win, but they've they've really been there. And they've been quite organised. I think they've just been a bit directionless because they haven't actually had a leader. So they've had all the great teamwork and without a leader, which is the opposite of a lot of teams. Um, yeah. To your sprint point, I think I don't know if you're given a sprint enough credit these days. To be fair, like she beat Quatsini. And Ruby Rose Mangani yesterday to get third. Like she also came still... second in the Champs Elysees, not not even nine months she's, ago. So. She's fucking fast. <laughs> she is. But yeah, obviously she's not sprinting like Weavers, Balsamo. Like she's not beating mm. them, but like she's definitely one of the faster. Like I don't know. Have we seen her go against Kopecky full gas? Like I don't. I think mm. like head to head. I don't seem Kopecky's... to remember something like that happening. So yeah, I don't know how. Yeah, that that was just me that would be ex- an exciting way. Getting excited about Marina Voss in general and how I just she love is, her. She is the best. That's the problem. She's the best She's rider any of us have ever seen ever. She truly is. She really is. Anyway, those are our in my case, maybe a little bit wonky predictions. In your case, probably completely viable and hopefully very near to the truth. Um, I'm sure it won't be. Will it be another ST Works rider? Will it literally just be two for two for Kopecky? Will Volerin get involved? We'll see. I'll be there, which I forgot to mention, which I keep forgetting about, actually. I'm going to be on the ground 
Um, as I said in the newsletter yesterday, if you have any requests or ideas or anything you want to hear about or anyone you want to hear from, let us know in the comments of the newsletter. If you don't know what we're talking about when this newsletter comes up, it's the Women's Cycling Weekly newsletter, which you can find in the show notes. So I think we're done. Are we done? We're running out of time. So I guess we have to be. <laughs> Anything else to add about Flanders before we go? I'm just really excited for it. Um, always, The rest of the classics, they're just building towards Flanders, aren't they? So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I don't know though, Rubé. I do love a bit. Well, the cobbled, the cobbled Belgian classics. Okay. Yeah, well, this sorry, is my hot yeah. take. Rubé over oh. Flanders any day of the bloody week. I'll say that for free. Excellent. <laughs> we're in the same, we're on but the same page there. Flanders but yes, in Belgium. Yeah. Like Flanders over Ghent, over Ghent, obviously. Oh, duh. They're all just mini Flanders. You know, it's all just yeah. getting ready for Flanders. So I'm happy the big day is finally here. Still just happy to be here. We're all just happy to be here. Okay, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with some Flanders something, I guess, and some pre-Roubaix something else. Until then, bye. Bye. Bye.